0: Perhaps the fiercest political battle in Indiana last year was waged by two elected officials who weren't even on the ballot in 2014, Republican Governor Mike Pence and Democratic Superintendent of Public Instruction Glenda Ritz. Both took office in January 2013 and pretty much ever since they've been vying for control of education policymaking in the state. Now their fight is moving to the General Assembly. Hi, I'm John Schwannis and on this edition of Indiana Lawmakers, we'll take an in-depth look at what's at stake in the battle for the future of Indiana schools. Here with a primer on the issue is Eric Weddle, education reporter for WFYI Public Media. You so
1: understand? let's go on with the approval of the minutes, please.
2: No, no, I don't think we need to. I think we need to follow our procedures, we need follow our meeting procedures. We have a Your
1: ruling has been appealed.
2: I am asking I to appeal the, the ruling
1: No, there's not a ruling that's been appealed.
2: The State Board of Education and its chairwoman, Superintendent Glenda Ritz, clashed over education policy and board governance almost from the start. Numerous bills in this General Assembly session seek to change how the state superintendent is chosen and how the state board of education is governed. For example, a bill by Republican Senator Travis Holdman would effectively remove Ritz as a board chairwoman in July. Let's assume that Superintendent Ritz is reelected. Uh, for another four-year term in two years. We can't continue this dysfunction for six years. But not everyone agrees with Holdman. Some Democratic lawmakers are opposed to any changes that would alter Ritz's current responsibilities. Ritz spokesman Daniel Altman called the bills political power grabs. But Holdman believes how the board operates must be changed. What Senate Bill uh, 1 does is uh, allow for the election of the chair of the State Board of Education to be chosen by the members of uh, the State Board of Education themselves. I really don't think that it makes any difference uh, who the chair is, as long as the process and procedure is spelled out uh, for that chair. Expect this issue to be debated soon. I'm Eric Weddle at the Indiana State House.
0: Thanks Eric, back in a moment with our roundtable discussion. Indiana lawmakers, from the State House to your house.
3: The Visual Analytics Law Enforcement Toolkit or VALET developed at Purdue University brings critical data and analytics to police departments instantly so officers are a step ahead of criminal activity. To learn more visit
0: otc-prf. Accusations of backstabbing, disputes over secret meetings, the disclosure of compromising emails, threats of litigation and well the filing of litigation. Welcome to Indi- education and policymaking Indiana style. As is no doubt clear by now, Mike Pence and Glenda Ritz don't agree on much of anything. Both of them, however, would acknowledge that the existing approach to educational governance in Indiana is less than ideal. Joining me to discuss what can and should be done to improve the situation are for people intimately involved in the process. Republican Senator Travis Holdman of Markle, the author of Senate Bill 1, which would overhaul the State Board of Education and its leadership selection process, Democratic Representative Terry Gooden of Austin, who also serves as superintendent of Crothersville Community Schools in Jackson County, Teresa Meredith, president of the 40,000-member Indiana State Teachers Association, and State Board of Education member Brad Oliver, associate dean of the School of Educational Leadership at Indiana Wesleyan University, and I thank you all for being here for what I think will be a lively discussion. Thank you you know, growing up, uh, watching TV on the mornings, on the weekends, I'd see conjunction junction, educational programming at its finest. This sounds more like dysfunction junction, and I, I wonder, we're going to talk about solutions, but first let's talk about how we got where we are. Travis Holdman, why are we in this pickle now? Well, I think... If, in fact, it is a pickle, I don't want to uh, presume.
2: I, I believe it is a pickle, and uh, I think there's a significant dysfunction uh, with what's going on with the state board and, and the department, and... Uh, I think uh, it's, this has sort of been the outgrowth of uh, difficulties that we went through uh, four and five years ago, and I say to folks in my constituents as I've had third house meetings already, uh, Tony Bennett and Governor Mitch Daniels don't live in the state house anymore. Uh, they are gone, but I think there was su- uh, significant uh, and uh, sufficient discussion uh, during their tenure to get education reform passed that there were things that were said by the two of them and things that were said by teachers and the teachers association themselves that have really denigrated uh, education in the state of Indiana I have a group of superintendents that I meet with on an annual basis and Superintendent Ritz was there just a couple of weeks ago as I've done with with she and with uh, Dr. Bennett and we had a, a gentleman from IPFW who heads up the education program, and he said that they have 20 percent fewer students going into education. And he said every one of them he has to speak with if they change their major. And he asked them, why are you changing your major from education? He said, because my teachers tell me don't go into education. It's a big mistake for you to go to become a teacher. Um, I think that's a sad state uh, for the state of Indiana and I think there's enough blame to go around on both sides uh, on this issue but we have got to change the tenor and the discussion that we're having about education in our state to talk about what we can do for kids uh, to improve education what we can do for teachers uh, to be more supportive of teachers to pay them the very most that we possibly can for the effective and highly effective teacher Uh, because we have got to invest in education in that fashion.
4: You know, if I can, John, I'll jump in. You know, I I watch those Saturday morning cartoons as well, so uh, conjunction, junction, what's your function? And I think that's probably where we're at right now. I think there's there's definitely a turf war going on. We've got to figure out, okay, what is the function of the superintendent of public instruction? I think it's to to, uh, try to work with uh, public schools and other schools to try to make sure that our students receive the best education possible, the best education in the entire United States of America and the world. The governor, I think, sees that as his role. I think he stepped up uh, earlier even in the state of the state and said, hey, this is going to be an education uh, session. So, uh, But he hasn't put forth any real educational proposals uh, other than just the worn-out old proposals that, uh, that's that been floating well, around would, under.
0: Uh, he can speak for himself, but he would say, I'm sure, teacher grants, performance grants. He would talk to some about the choice program the voucher program expansion, whether you love them or hate them, I yeah, guess you would argue it, those, are, those are programs. But those
4: aren't new proposals at all, John. I mean, it's, it's working More just, money for an old program. Just more for money programs. for old programs. And we move forward. If we're really going to change the structure of, of the education system, which they say they do, I don't think you can just keep throwing new money at old problems and old issues. So we've got to move forward. We've got to try to figure out how do we actually change the system.
0: Well, I think uh, clearly there's a, a disagreement about the function, but I, why has it never surfaced before? And this is someone who just walks in from... Mars, let's use the cliche and say, well, it's obvious. You have a Republican governor, you have a Democratic, uh, the only elected Democratic statewide office holder right now in the State House, uh, naturally are going to have friction. And I guess to some extent, yes, but you look back at uh, other governors, other administrations where Sue Ellen Reed, for instance, who was a longtime superintendent, there didn't seem to be as much friction. Is it that the personalities? personalities, do you think, uh, Teresa Meredith, are different, or is it that the
1: stakes are higher? Or I think there's me. a lot of dynamics there. I think when you look at the election itself, people were shocked that Superintendent Ritz won. I really think many of the key leaders in the Republican Party were shocked, didn't expect that. People may not have known her name, but they didn't like with a resounding 1.3 million votes, they did not like some of the ways that we had moved towards education reform. And so that was, I believe, the voters' voice screaming that, stop this, let's really look at what we need to be doing to help students truly succeed. And some of these reforms are not the way to do it. So I think some of the friction now is those folks who had this reform movement well on its way, rolling down the highway, um, and it was stopped, in some respects, briefly. Uh, when she was elected, and I think uh, that continues to be a rub for some folks. Yeah, I'll say I,
4: this, John. Let's say this instead of saying we're from <clears> Mars. <throat> it's too cold from Mars. Let's say Mercury, <laughs> like warmer <laughs> weather. This is the middle of winter. Let's talk. Let's talk warm. And uh, really, uh, you pointed that out. Uh, the difference is this: there's two different philosophical beliefs now in the office. The governor has one philosophical belief that uh, the direction of the education should go, and that's the uh, direction that. Uh, Superintendent Bennett and also Governor Daniels pushed. And then uh, I think Superintendent uh, Ritz has got a different philosophy of how the educational philosophy should go. And I think that's the trouble with the problem with the State Board of Education at this point, is those two are clashing. Instead of trying to meld together, they're actually butting heads like two I, rams on a mountaintop.
5: I suspect that what's happened in Indiana is not unlike what we've seen happen in states like Wyoming where essentially there's always been an inherent structural flaw um, behind the way the, the educational governance system is, is uh, the oversight is provided to that and that you have a, a governor who's elected and appoints the state board of education but you also are electing the state superintendent of public instruction. And I think, going back to something that was said earlier, I do think you can trace some of the dynamic back to the last election. But even before that, when in 2010, 2011, we passed in Indiana the putting students first uh, legislative package, which was part of the Bennett's Daniel package. And I think Teresa is right. I think a lot of the rhetoric at that time was is that we had become status quo, and I, and, and I happen to believe it myself, but the rhetoric was is that we've got kids trapped in bad systems and we—and when you don't finish that thought and, the, and what should have been said at the time is that we have great teachers in those systems who are trying to make a difference that just contributed to the environment that led to the election, and so now what 's going on is is that we have a governor who has a vision and, and a set of goals for education, and rightfully so is trying to implement those and we also have a, an elected superintendent who has a differ, a differing vision and goals and and, and that 's where that contention and, and disjointedness is coming I guess,
0: from I guess the old expression to the victor go the spoils maybe does or doesn 't apply here because if you want to look at the election results did not uh glinda ritz get more votes granted they were in different contests but got more votes than mike well, pitt so absolutely. you could yeah. could you not argue but that, I think that she should Call the shots,
5: but I think the challenge is in Indiana. It's always been a shared governance system. There's there's multiple entities that make up the governance system. You have the governor who appoints the state board of education. You certainly have the Indiana General Assembly who, through legislation, are establishing education policy. And then many times in the course of doing that, they direct the state board to promulgate rule and, and establish administrative rule to help the department know how to enforce those, and that's the fourth entity is the department which the superintendent is leading. So I, my concern is in a shared governance system, when any one of those entities postures itself to say, I, I'm solely responsible for Education in Indiana, we tend to get this disjointedness and this contention that we're seeing play but the out. the governor changes.
1: certainly contributed to that when he created CC. Um, and he chose not to work with the state superintendent as his, as his advisor on education issues. And even though that is a moot point now, he has, it's my understanding, has appointed two additional people to advise him on education when he already has a state superintendent, a staff, and a state board already in place. And so that, that I think, continues to contribute to the rub.
0: And just to, just to back up one moment for those who might not understand the, the acronym, that was the Center for uh, education and career innovation, which some would say was either a shadow department of education, or others would yes. say was an innovative uh, <clears throat> impetus for change. As you point out, it doesn't exist anymore, as right. the governor said, sort of an olive branch to try to bring about change. Let's talk about the the ideas that are on the table. You, true, uh, true. senator, are the author of <clears throat> Senate Bill One, which traditionally, whatever gets the label Senate Bill One, I'm not a betting man usually, but I guess those would be pretty good odds uh, that it's been placed as a as a prime issue a, a priority. priority certainly mm. for leadership. It, uh, we do a lot of things. Let's start with the the change in the way the leadership of the board is selected. Uh, the Glenda Ritz would no longer effectively be the head of the State Board of Education.
2: It's possible that she could be uh, if the members elect her. If the uh, ten people who have been butting heads
0: with her including one sitting here right. at the, in the that's room right.
2: uh, would somehow have a That's right. A transformation. Uh, the big difference is that the chair uh, would be elected by the members themselves and then there's uh, uh, a whole uh, order of how you get items uh, agenda items uh, on the table and a process to put in to be put in place that's been done legislatively rather than administratively which should have been done but i think uh, we all have to recognize that there's never a bill that's introduced that ends up being passed and becomes law that looks like it did when it was introduced uh, As we've talked in leadership about uh, where we move from this point, uh, everything's on the table. Uh, We're open to hear suggestions from folks on the other side of the aisle, from the department itself, from the state board, from the governor's office, from fellow legislators, uh, to hear what's the best combination for how we get uh, to where we need to be. We have an inherently dysfunctional system, and it's been somewhat a miracle that we've gotten along as well as we have. There is no other state. If we, as we've had our policy people in the Senate take a look at what's going on in the other 49 states, there is not, <clears throat> excuse me, one other state in the union that has the structure, the selection uh, method, uh, laws similar to what Indiana does. We are very unique uh, when you look at an elected state superintendent uh, appointments by the governor. Uh, the superintendent, as the uh, board chair and the CEO of the department, uh, in private industry, that typically that would not happen that if way. What's, yeah,
0: what's wrong with the majority you know, rules? What, this notion that hey, ten <coughs> members want to elect their. If we can, leadership. let's look a
4: little historically at the legislative right. process, and we talk about this and the way this is structured. Historically, the reason that the uh, the superintendent of public instruction was chosen to be. Uh, the head of the chair of the uh, State Board of Education, the chairperson, which, whichever title you want to lay on them, is because that was a legislative um, agreement between the two parties. That if okay, if we had a Republican governor and the folks decided to elect a Democrat uh, state superintendent, then that state superintendent wouldn't be relegated to just doing desk duty. They would actually have a, a an executive position that would help uh, mold the uh, policy in the state of Indiana. So. That legislative intent, when these, when the, uh, when the board was created, actually was created to be exactly the way it is now. Now, I don't think they had the idea that that's, that the current condition is the way it was going to function. But that's that was their intent: is to have the superintendent of public instruction as the chairperson of the state board of education. If we had uh, a different party governor, well,
0: are you more troubled then by the fact that we would be departing from what the original legislative intent was, or the agreement that was struck between the two parties, or? Is there a philosophical problem with letting the majority of the rep- members of the board choose their leadership? You
4: know, I'm a pragmatic person, so I think you, if it's not working, we've got to fix it. Now, as uh, Senator Holdman said, there's going to be uh, a, long, a lot of time to be able to debate a Senate Bill 1 as it moves through the process, and uh, I don't think it'll look like it does now. I sure hope it doesn't as it goes through the process, and I'm eagerly awaiting the opportunity when that bill gets to the House to be able to, to do a little craftsmanship to it as well, so... Uh, when we move that forward, and that bill moves forward, there's going to be a lot of ideas. There's going to be a lot of suggestions as this bill moves forward, and there's going to be a lot of a lot of folks going to get their feelings hurt because I, they're I, not I, going to be. Yeah, I there are a few I think you'd that, like to do. To I that think that they ha- yeah.
1: we, I think that you have to be careful in the legislature in that um, you know the voters elected her to do a certain job, and the job they elected her to do included leading that education uh, board, and so to take that role away midstream here. I think is a big mistake. I Which, think the and voters, arguably, the leadership
0: of the board or the policy-making function has become <clears> the <throat> critical, as yeah. Indiana and other states embrace, reform. Well, John, as, you, as we
4: talk about it, and that's what I'm saying, is yeah. the, the legislative intent, and as we move forward, you know, the proposal, as I said, may not be the same as it moves through. There might be proposals introduced that limits the governor's ability to try to influence education. So that's going to that's be right. the give that's and take right. on this. Yeah. It's not but just I, going to be focused on the superintendent of public instruction. Or but the I, I don't, I don't the really
2: think that... Uh, Having been the CEO of a corporation myself uh, for 10 years and having a board of uh, directors with a different board chair, it didn't really matter who the chairman of that board is. Uh, If there are policies laid out as to how items are placed on the agenda, the CEO, I was the authority on banking uh, at my $300 million bank uh, back home. Uh, Board chairman worked with me. But the board chairman directed the meetings. But when they look to the authority uh, for the expert on banking law and the banking practice. They asked me how that was done. But you My got to remember that
4: the CEO I of your board wasn't elected, he was chosen. That doesn't make any
5: difference. My hope is, is that, that the General Assembly will take a look at that structure. And when you've had as many reforms as we've had in, in, in a short period of time, uh, things can become very disjointed and very contentious. And I think one of the things that's very incumbent upon the General Assembly is to, to not just look at the, who chairs the State Board, but look at the overall structure uh, and make sure that we have the right structure to support it. Because I can tell you what concerns me most is the impact to the local school districts and to our students and when things are disjointed and they're so contentious at this level at the state level it tends to slow down important reforms trying to be implemented in the field it creates a lot of confusion and we've got to, we've got to address that we've got to clean that up it's not fair to local districts leave them hanging wondering where we're at and i think everybody's in agreement on that but it is going to come back to the general assembly only they can certainly uh, take the kind of legislative authority that's needed to set that structure and get it but, correct. But at you the end up. of the
1: day if, if students are truly at the center of everything we do we all need to be checking our attitudes and our power and our authority Absolutely. and And looking at um, what we're talking about and where where the the money trail is, is is the money trail leading back to something that truly is pure in terms of supporting students, or is it leading back to some for-profit or someone who's going to line their pockets with some reform that Indiana pushes through that that creates a a financial boom for them? I mean, I look at the testing. Look at the expense that's in that. Um, so, and that's all stuff that's talked about with these education entities. Well,
0: uh, Brian also brought up not only is it the leadership of the board, but the structure. Right now, you have the ten members, aside from the state superintendent, ostensibly representing congressional districts. At least four, I believe, uh, have education. to be licensed teachers, mm-hmm. uh, and you have to have no more than six of any one party. Which, I guess, party affiliations in the eye of the beholder. In many cases, whether that's actually the, uh, a split or not. Uh, how important is that? Is if, if the leadership question is resolved, is this other stuff sort of secondary as far as you're concerned? Uh, I mean, it's all part of
2: your bill, but... Uh, I don't think it's necessarily secondary, and I think that's one thing that needs to be cleaned up in the bill, uh, to be honest with you. I think that selection process, uh, how that's done, I think it's very important that we have educators, uh, folks with educational background on the board, and I think there needs to be uh, some requirement uh, that those be there. And, and as you said, uh, when we get to these kind of issues, sometimes it doesn't really matter whether you're... Uh, on the right side of this issue or the left side of this issue uh, because uh, I think education should rule and what's best for our kids and how do we bring those sides together to talk about that but that goes back to what what you just said to the very point that all of this rhetoric that we've gone through for the last four years has been so detrimental uh, to what we're trying to do uh, that we have got to see some change and I don't think there's anybody who wouldn't say this is dysfunctional. It has got to be fixed. The legislature has uh, a stake in what's going on. When we contribute more than 15 billion dollars out of a biennial budget uh, towards education through K-12 for K-12 education, uh, we are a stakeholder and we have a right and an obligation to make sure that it works. Absolutely, and
4: I, and I agree. And I, I think we've got to do this too. We can't when we move forward and, and when we talk about reform. We can't leave out uh, parents, obviously guardians. Mm-hmm. And we, we neither can we leave out teachers. Those folks who are in the classroom. I think we talk about uh, the uh, the colleges talk saying that the enrollment in those education courses are down. Nobody wants to be a teacher anymore, uh, is the old term that people are saying now. And I think there's a reason for that. That's because the morale is low. And I I really feel that anyone that has a little bit of a teacher in them, any time that uh, Superintendent Ritz is attacked, they feel like they're being attacked as well. Yes. So I think teachers they have a, that. Uh, personal feeling with an, a connection with another teacher that, hey, if you're tacking Glenda Rich, you're tacking me. You know, so this, this is a, all right, very quick
0: last word because this, <laughs> this is a three-hour course and I just tried to jam it into well, 24 I would, minutes. I, I would it. just
5: say, I think the thing we have to hope that comes out of the session is clarity around roles, responsibilities, and certainly accountability inside of our, our governance system. Without a clear structure, I think this will continue to linger, and I hope that doesn't happen.
1: Educator-supported, mm. student-centered.
0: All right. My school bell's ringing. I hear it. We got to go. <laughs> lunchtime, Roger. Right? Thank you. Always <laughs> lunchtime for me. Right. Thank you very much for being here. Again, my guests have been Republican Senator Travis Holtman of Markle, Democratic Representative Terry Gooden of Austin, Teresa Meredith of the Indiana State Teachers Association, and Brad Oliver of the State Board of Education. Wine is fine, liquor is quicker, but you can't buy either on Sunday. Yet. On the next Indiana Lawmakers. Time now for our weekly conversation with Ed Feigenbaum, publisher of the newsletter Indiana Legislative Insight and its sister publication, Indiana Education Insight. Ed, how much of this is good old-fashioned partisan politics? Well, a lot of it is involved in
3: partisan politics and personalities, but I think it really all goes back to class basketball. When we changed
0: to class basketball, that ruined Wise words. I knew it was going to come back to haunt. I mean, is this just an R&D thing or is it much broader? Well, I I think it's
3: broader. When you look at things in general, you know, democracy isn't pretty. And we've we've gotten along in state government with executive branch agencies and executive branch officers and governors being of different parties. You know, you've got a governor of one party and attorney general of another party. You know, that's pretty significant, and they seem to have gotten along together back in the... The Ba and Lindley Pearson days that that we used to cover and and going back then you had uh, you know Evan By and Dean Evans of different parties, the superintendent and the governor of different parties. You had Sue Ellen Reed, the superintendent who was a Republican who ran against evan hand handpicked candidate for superintendent. They got along so to a certain extent, a lot of this this discussion wouldn 't be happening if Tony Bennett were still superintendent, but there 's more to it than that, and I think by the the fact that you 're looking at. For example, legislative intervention in this you know legislative appointments in this process there's a little bit more to it and and that's going to be very interesting. I think that's maybe the the real understated kind of of um, issue from all of this discussion that we've we 've really not touched on, and that 's to what extent the legislature should be involved in going beyond just setting the policy that they 've set and being actively involved in picking the people. We're going to implement that policy. And do you
0: think that will play well in the end, or do you think this is a situation where people should say, hey, if this were a playground, we'd tell little Joey and little Sally right. to settle your own fight and work it out? Well, given that the legislature is going to make the decision on, on whether they're going to
3: do something, you know, I'm, I'm not sure that, that, that that's an easy question to answer. But another thing that they're going to have to look at is is changing all kinds of, of policy. And one of those policy determinations that they've made is is that we'd have representation on the board from certain types of of groups and from certain geographic areas. And you know we'd be doing away with, and I think Senator Holman indicated well, you know that's still kind of up in the air as to whether we we'd have to have educators in there. But we'd be doing away with representation by congressional district and and query whether you've you've got uh, people who would be appointed by a governor who would know everything going on in Medora, Marome, or uh, other small towns around the state where they're kind of required to right now with that district representation.
0: Interesting topic. Education always is. Ed, thank you for your insight. We'll see you next week. For more information, episode streams and extra content, visit us on the web at wfyi.org/lawmakers. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. You can access live streaming coverage of the General Assembly on the internet as well. And remember, you can get our show on demand from Xfinity and Bright House Networks. Well, that concludes another edition of Indiana Lawmakers. I'm John Chwanis, and on behalf of WFYI Public Media and Indiana's other public broadcasting stations, I thank you for tuning in, and I invite you to visit WFYI.org for exclusive Indiana Lawmakers web content, including the best advice our guests have ever received. Until next week, take care.
5: idea economy is here at the purdue research park a powerful economic engine and a technology conduit from chicago to louisville purdue research park the idea economy is here